answer to Job is Carl Jung's most emotional piece of writing. He wrote it when he fell sick at the age of 75. He had a big fever and the only thing he knew to do was to, to start writing. So he started writing and this story of Job was on his mind. And that's what answer to Job is all about. It's, is there an answer for why God would do such a thing? Why does God create a world where there is suffering? Now, I veer off opinion from Jung uh, in terms of, you know, is there a God? Does God exist? Who is God? What is God? Because I think that God stands for the grand organized design or the grand organized designer of the universe. There is a hidden order, a magnificence, a beauty that only few can witness. And when you do have that sort of belief in a higher power, a higher hidden order, then you can deal with suffering. You can deal with pain and stress and, and problems. But the issue and the question that I want, want to answer in this book review, in this video, is, is God better than humans? Is God, is God above us? Should we look up to him? And my answer is no. God is no better or no worse than us. Carl Jung gets really deep into this and he gets really emotional about it, saying how God is omniscient, so he knows everything. But his pride or his arrogance or something gets in the way of God having to look and introspect and ask those questions. Why am I doing this to Job? What's best for Job? What's, he doesn't know. And if he bothered to look, he would find out, but he doesn't because he's just, he just does whatever he wants. He doesn't think of the consequences and he doesn't reflect because he, why, why would you need to reflect if you know everything, right? And that's the point that, that Jung makes in the book is he says the, the power of reflection is incredible. It, it gives us an upper hand to God. So let's just think of it like this. If there's a grand organized design of the universe or there's a God something good happens for you. Okay, great. Reflect. What specifically did you do in order to make that happen? Even if you just found $100 on the street, what were you doing? What were you thinking? What were you feeling that day, that week, that month leading up to that event? Because there is nothing that can happen that isn't affected by the way we act, think, and feel. And if you think that something good has come of it, then you're not seeing the good that you're actually doing. And you might be unconscious of the bad. So the way I interpret the story of Job, Job gets everything given to him. He has wives, he has kids, he has a big farm, he has lots of money, he has good looks, he has lots of hair, he has good friends. And then God takes it all away from him. And kills all his kids, his wife, his all his animals get robbed. He gets sores all over him. 
to test Job's faith. God wants to find out, okay, is Job still going to preach to the word of the Lord? Is Job still going to be a believer in me if I if I do these horrible things to him? And the answer in the story of Job is yes. Job, no matter what, still believes in God. And, you know, props to, to Job for going through all of those things. And I think there is a moral the moral of the story for, for us listening is uh, and reading this story and, and reflecting on the story is no matter how bad things get, they can always get worse. And just because you think things are bad doesn't mean they are bad. There's always some sort of good or some sort of lesson, some sort of learning in it. So why does God make us suffer? God makes us suffer because it teaches us to be humble. It brings us back down to reality. It, it shows us that there is everything good and bad. There are both bad sides. Why is why does God do it to us? Well, it shows us that God is has both sides. Christianity, where, where it went wrong and where it went right, it went right because it was feeding people a fantasy. Hey, we can you can go to heaven without hell. You can have happiness without sadness. And these are fantasies that lured lower-minded people in because the lower mind wants a fantasy, wants to seek and it wants to avoid. So the lower-minded people back, you know, 2,000 years ago, 1,000 years ago, 500 years ago, they wanted to dedicate themselves to some sort of reason, some sort of order so that they can calm their mind down and calm down, oh, my God, am I going to be able to get food to live? Am I going to have somewhere to fucking sleep at night are my kids gonna die horrible death because think about it food and shelter and connection and socialize all of these basic basic human needs weren't being met and there was no certainty around many of those things unless you had lots and lots of money so christianity grew because god and christianity was apparently this heaven without hell and happiness without sadness if you dedicate yourself to this fantasy of happiness and heaven then you'll be rewarded so to test job's faith he says okay you've got everything you have happiness you have heaven oh let me test you let me take everything away from you let me make you feel that it's hell and see if you can still see the wisdom and the order of god because god is wise you can extract the wisdom out of the bible and there's many sayings in there obviously it's always relative and subjective determining uh by the author whoever's writing it uh but that there is many lessons to learn from the bible and i think the key aspect to take out of religion is not the fantasies that they sell you it's like don't go you'll go to hell if you do this you go to heaven if you do this it's not that it's these these life lessons of just because something is good going on for you doesn't mean things are good. Look for the, look for the bad and and humble yourself down to reality where you can have love and gratitude for everything that you're experiencing. Because God has a conversation with Job in the story where Job's lost everything and and God basically says, "Hey, like I've got 
a lot a lot on my plate. I've, I'm creating turtles that are born on the beach. I'm creating the stars that orbit around bigger planets. I'm creating the wind and the waves and the sun. And there's all these beautiful things that I'm creating and I'm keeping my eye on. I can't, you can't expect me to always just be focusing on you, which is so true. Like, I think we get arrogant sometimes and we, we get entitled and we think that, you know, life should just be good. Life should just be happy. Life should just be given to us. And I think if you get something for nothing, then expect something to be taken away from you. So when something good happens to you think what 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 did you give in order to get that and where is the fair exchange and you'll humble yourself being like you know like if my mum gives me a christmas present that's technically something for nothing but where what did i give her i gave her a card i gave her a gift i gave her my vibrancy and my energy and i gave her some advice and i helped her with her health and i she she gets something out of hearing about my life and she gets to help me and ask me questions and she I get to help her with her life. So there's always an exchange. And if you feel like you're getting something for nothing, it can sometimes bring you up too high or even do the opposite where you feel guilty and not worthy, worthy of it. So it's all about being uh, using reflection as a tool and not being arrogant like god in the story if you're arrogant and you're omniscient and you don't bother to reflect or think about what you're doing you're going to be manipulated by satan that's what happens in the book satan comes and manipulates and uh teases god he says oh if you made job's life a bit worse he wouldn't he wouldn't be preaching to you and god goes oh just just you wait job's gonna follow me right so, and that's because God didn't bother to reflect and God is no better than us. God is an anthropomorphic projection or even back in Egyptology, a zoomorphic projection where there's actually animal gods. So animal gods and human gods, they don't really exist. They're a fantasy that's made up in our mind to keep us safe because back in the day we were scared for our life. So in order to balance out the fear and this and the being scared we needed to have that fantasy where we felt excited and happy and safe which is the 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 god so i'm not i'm not thinking of god in terms of some floating guy in the clouds i'm thinking god is the the grand organized design the beauty of the universe and it's always there for us no matter no matter what event so that saying of everything happens for a reason yes everything does have a have a reason to it i don't love that saying because there is there is reason but there's no reason because when you fall in love there's no like reason to it when you love reading books or when you love exercising or you you love your kids or there is no when you really dig into it and you find the the reason to it and you open your mind and you go, there is no reason. There's is a reason. It's kind of all this perfect puzzle piece that's all fitting together and helping me to open up the beauty of my soul and see the magnificence of the universe. So I'm just going to read 
one of my favorite quotes in here. A somewhat keener consciousness based on self-reflection, he must, in order to survive, always be mindful of his impotence. So that's talking about God, and God must be mindful that he doesn't have all the answers, and consciousness is created through reflection and self-awareness. Let's get another one here. The statements of the conscious mind may easily be snares and delusions, lies or arbitrary opinions, but this is certainly not true of the statements of the soul. To begin with, they always go over our heads because they point to realities that transcend consciousness. That's what I'm talking about with the reason is where if we have a conscious reason, we're unconscious of the of the beauty of the randomness of the of the awe of the wonder and if we're always in our conscious mind and we're trying to figure things out it, it bogs us down and we can overthink things and we're looking for we're looking for a certain answer but there is no answer because it just is and that sounds really trippy and and freaky but Again, think of a beautiful piece of music, beautiful piece of art. There is no reason. It just is. And that is your unconscious mind. Because your brain is so big, you can only be conscious at one point of a tiny bit of information at once. So we're really controlled by our, by our unconscious. And the key to self-awareness is to break through your consciousness and not be arrogant and be like, okay, where's the unconscious here? What can I reflect on to, to really pull out more information? And we know by the law of balance, the law of polarity, if we're conscious of where we are happy, we must be comparing it to somewhere where we're sad. So where am I unconscious of being the opposite of sad? And then you look in your life and you go, Actually, I'm so happy that I have a land and all these animals and a farm because when I was younger, I felt like trapped. I felt like I was in a box. I felt like I was sad if I didn't have animals. Wow. So now I'm creating a happy life. But now you balance out the conscious and the unconscious, the happiness and the sadness. So now it just is. There is no reason to it. It's just the beauty. It's the magnificence. So let me see if I can get. Here you go. The unconscious mind of the unconscious mind of man sees correctly even when conscious reason is blind and impotent. The drama has been conscious the drama has been consummated for all eternity. God's dual nature has been revealed, and somebody or something has seen and registered this fact. Such a revelation, whether it reached man's consciousness or not could not fail to have far-reaching consequences. This is exactly the law of balance, the dual aspect of nature where God is both good and bad. Oh my God, don't tell the Christians. There is a hell, there is a heaven, there is happiness, there is sadness, there is guilt, there is shame, there is pride, there is infatuation. Wow. Oh my God. The unconscious mind knows this. If I came up to you, 
And Martini says this, if I came up to you and said, you're always happy, you're never sad, you're always kind, you're never cruel, you're always an angel, you're never a devil, you're always giving, you're never taking, where does your mind go? Does your mind go, yeah, totally, I'm happy, happy, kind, nice, and an angel and giving all the time? No, your unconscious mind knows that's bullshit. Same thing if I did it in reverse, you're always a bitch, you're always an asshole, you're always a cunt, you're always a fucking loser, you're always... You're always taking. But like, no, no, that's not me. You have both. So that's the dual nature. So God's dual nature was revealed in this story. And Job is now more balanced and centered. He's not going to get too happy and elated and proud of the things that he has. And he's going to be more grateful because you will only have more to receive if you're grateful for what you already have. If you're not grateful for the things you already have, why would you get more? If you have resent for things and you get more, you're just going to be more resentful. God doesn't want you to be more resentful. God doesn't want you to be more happy. God wants you to be happy and grateful for all of the beauty, no matter what, that he has created in the universe for you. So a great little book just full of wisdom and, uh, you know, it's good to see a different side of Jung getting a bit more, um, you know, less analytical about it, just getting a bit more emotional. And he's, it's really cool how he literally wrote this and he cured his own sickness, his illness. Obviously that's um, correlated, but we don't know that. I just like to think about that. The unconscious controls everything in our mind. And when we open up our unconscious to the beauty and the magnificence of the world, we are gifted with love and gratitude. Thank you for listening to my book review on Answer to Job by Carl Jung. Stay tuned. Subscribe.